No, I never brushed my teeth, so I'm already used to that. Ew. <laughs> I started flossing, actually. That's a, that's a good thing to do, I hear. Uh, I hate it because I have the smallest mouth in the world. <laughs> I can't fit my hands back there. Welcome to the Web of Tomorrow. I'm your guest, Riley Carasquillo, and your host... Your host is Adam Harris. So, Riley, uh, you're, uh, you're a product manager... Uh-huh. And I'm a developer. Uh-huh. So let, let's talk about how developers and product managers should interact and, and, and uh, how that kind of works. So first off, kind of as a developer, I don't really know what a product manager does. So what do you, what do, you do with your time? <laughs> that is a really good question. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Well, of course I am because I'm, I'm actually pretty new to product management. I've only been doing it for almost two years now I still consider myself fairly junior but um, I guess I could start off by saying that it differs from company to company um, I can tell you what a project manager really shouldn't be the project manager shouldn't be the project manager um, but a lot of times there's a lot of crossover and the project manager really ends up doing whatever is necessary right Especially if you're in a startup, which I'm in, and you're technically in, even though you're you're in a quite a bit bigger company. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, so I guess like if you get down to like the most simple version of a product manager, um, I would call them like the customer advocate, the team. I like to think think of them as like the team captain, you know, because a lot of times they get explained as like the CEO. In a company, and that's kind of silly because the CEO actually has authority, and a PM doesn't. Okay. Um, the PM tries to be the ultimate like customer advocate. They're really in touch with the market, really in touch with their customers, and then they try to take what they learn from their customers and communicate that with their their team. And and that team was typically cross-functional, although there will be a little bit more of a heavy emphasis on engineering, right? But you'll work with marketing, you'll work with sales, you'll work with, um, you may do internal products, so then you'll end up working with like IT. But at the end of the day, the people that you work most closely with are your developers. Okay. And, and does the PM also go and talk with customers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in most companies, uh, what the PM, the, the relationship with the customer will be a PM setting up customer discussions with a UX researcher or designer. Okay. Um, and then the UX person will actually uh, go through those like like customer feedback or user testing. So yeah, it usually like so, but a product manager might take on that role, especially if they're like a, a hybrid of a UX product person. So sometimes UX people will jump into the space of uh, or the job or the role of PM. And, and so they'll be designing and talking to customers. And um, a big part of what PMs will, like a big um, responsibility of the PM is to uh, maintain the product requirement document or the specs or spec out a, a feature or whatever. Um, and then they'll take that to the uh, engineer. Um, so PMs are really like high level thinkers. They've they've got the vision. Um, usually they'll they'll try to keep track of like that that OKR as they call them objects and key, objects and key results. Okay. 
Um, and so, like, what is that? That's, like, the, that end goal that we're trying to accomplish with what we're trying to create. Um, and so, yeah, a PM can end up doing a lot of things. They can end up doing a little bit of marketing. They can end up doing, you know, depending on their background, a little bit of design, a little bit of coding. Really, they're just trying to remove roadblocks and do whatever is necessary to uh, get 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 the customer what they what they need. Not necessarily what they want, right? But what they need. Okay. And so, then what does the PM talk with the developer about? That's a lot of things, and it really depends on your company again, and the uh, I guess the space that you're in or the the feature that you're working on. So. I will talk in the realm of HireVue, which is the company that I work for right now. Um, so HireVue is one of the leading digital assessment companies, with, and we have a focus on, uh, on recruiting and, and coaching of, of employees and candidates and whatnot. Um, and so I focus on the predictive analytics side of our uh, of our company, um, and and my team is consisted of three data scientists, two back end engineers, and a front end engineer, UX designer, and then my senior product uh, manager as well. Um, and so, after you know talking to customers and hearing some of their problems or pain points, we may come to an idea, and then we try to. Uh, to spec out the requirements of that, like how to solve that that problem. What I'll do usually then will t is take that uh, document to an engineer, usually my team lead in our in Hireview's case, and then we'll talk it over and start bringing it to the more technical um, technical explanation of what what is required to get this this feature out. Okay, so you you talk to the team lead. And the team lead kind of figures out technically how he would do it, he or she would do it, and then, and then what if they say, "This is really hard. This is going to take a year." So you tell them that's bull, that's BS. Like I need you to get this done by three tomorrow. <laughs> no, uh, again, it gets back to like that team captain thing, and and this is actually. Uh, a really big reason why a lot of companies prefer a PM with computer science background, someone who actually understands like the framework of work and 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 whatnot, like what it takes to actually get uh, coding done for a feature. Um, okay. Because they they can understand the reality of of something. Yeah. Um, it's also important for a PM to uh, to kind of be. Uh, to kind of represent the goals of their team as well. So, obviously, you don't your team's not going to want to never get anything released or be working on something for a year that will never produce anything, right? Right. Um, and and that's kind of where we are today. Also, we're really iterative as a as a business culture, I guess. Um, so. A lot of my conversations don't go that way. A year would be like a really long estimate for something. <laughs> right. But uh, but if they said maybe like a month or two months or three months even, um, 
then we'd sit down and, and try to break that, that workout into little pieces that we could work on iteratively. Um, so obviously, like say it takes three months to, to build this thing out from beginning to end and, and it's like a really perfect product. Well, in the first month, we probably would want to try to look at what is the top priorities of this project, of this feature, and see if we can't create a MVP, you know, a minimal viable product. Um, now I'm using like vocabulary words from books, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, just like the simplest version of this product so that we can go out and beta and prototype it and test it. Um, yeah. There's actually books out there from Google, like Sprint, that talk about doing that in a week. Yeah. Because we want to get it out to the customer as quickly as possible. And I think engineers typically get on board with that, uh, you know, with the idea that we'll just constantly, iteratively make it better and better and better and learn more and more and more from it. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess sometimes, too, as an engineer or developer, I've been using developer, but engineer, um, it helps to know with the long-term strategy when whenever you're doing something iteratively. Because you might... That's- you might program it differently if you knew it was going to change in a few sprints. Yeah, and actually, you know, you, what you just said brought up another point that I probably should have touched on first because if you're really design-focused, you'll focus on this. <laughs> but uh, a good PM will will communicate the long-term strategy, like you said. Um, they'll kind of they'll be able to like pinpoint KPIs or or stats or numbers that really uh, like signal growth in a certain area in your company so if you've been working for a company that's been around for quite a while like like i have like i am um you're typically not working on completely brand new things although sometimes you do get the chance to you'll usually be working on a feature and trying to make that feature better right right um and so it really the onus is on you as a pm to go to your engineers and share uh the strategic value of what you're going to do what you are doing um, and, and so then you can have those discussions on how to get to that strategic value quicker, faster, more, you know, within a, a me- like a meaningfully short period of time. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about what, what happens if the developer has, or engineer has a very long estimate, how to break that down, but also what if the engineer just really disagrees with what you're trying to build and doesn't want to do it and doesn't, doesn't think it's the right direction. Um, so that's, that kind of, that can come down to a few things that can come down to the person and who they are. It can also come down to practice. Like what are your processes and practices with your team? Um, like an idea that I really like that I actually would, would like to do more is um, this idea of bringing your engineers in for usability testing, user testing, um, and having them watch the customers. Mm. Um, It's especially useful because I think, quite obviously, that engineers have some really great insight, and and when they're a part of that process, they can pinpoint things that maybe marketing or the UX guy or or you as the PM didn't really notice or, or... understand about that um so typically you want to try and nip that in the bud really early so that they're not having those discussions you know what i mean like so that you're as a team making these decisions i think uh not a lot of people not everyone does that um 
sometimes people kind of go out on their own uh, with a UX person and, and comes up with those things on their own. But but I think it's it's valuable to have your your team do that uh, themselves or early or hear those customers. So if they're not a part of that though, you should be collecting like customer feedback and being able to share that. Or like I said earlier, KPIs showing how we're struggling in a certain area in the company. Like maybe we're not getting a certain amount of engagement. So that's like the most simple e-commerce number that people look at is like how often are people coming into the site and how can we increase their uh, that number and not only that but how, how often are they coming in afterwards and how long do they stay and how long do they stay yeah um, things like that engineers uh, should be hearing and, and we should be talking to them about that yeah that's that's really really good point sharing the data and then I like the usability testing too because I've, I've gotten to watch some usability tests and and I think one thing that's really insightful about that is that engineers are not your typical user. They're very technical. They think about things in a different way. And uh, it can be completely baffling to watch a normal user be confused by something that's perfectly obvious to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, you're at, you're at home and your wife or your husband just can't figure out how to switch to HDMI 2. And you're just like, how do you not get this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, that's that's the uh, that's the user right there. And if you got like ten thousand to one people who are confused about this thing, then that's your that's your customer who's confused. Um, and so it's cool for an engineer to see that early and to be making decisions together uh, uh, how to go forward with the feature. Yeah, I think the other key thing there is is the de- engineers need to have empathy for the user, right? Like. I think typically this is how I was when I first started out. I thought if the user didn't understand it or if the user was doing something wrong, then it was their fault. But it's not it's not the user's fault. It's the it's the interface or the UX it, that's the problem. And, and we should fix well, it to make it easier. Well, sometimes it is the user's fault though. <laughs> I, I like I'd be careful with that because sometimes <laughs> um it's kind of like I said earlier like it's funny that we always say like we I often hear people say that like what you just said, but then you'll yeah. equally hear yeah. just as often people say that the the user has no idea what they what they need or what they actually want, you know, because they're not they're communicating right. Right. Um, something in the present that they think is what they want, but when you hear the problem, you can uh, you can actually discover that there's there's a solve for that problem that is quite different than what they were literally asking for right so you're kind of so you're kind of talking about if a customer is asking for a new feature they may be proposing a solution to a problem they think they have but if you understand the problem that yeah i mean it's inevitable when you're talking to users that they will almost always communicate their problem with the solution because they've thought about this problem a long time um and as they're working through things, yeah. they they will ask for something specific because they have come to the solution that they think they need. Um, but unfortunately, right. that could be anecdotal, uh, and it could be servicing one use case. And so that's a really big part of what PMs do, too, is thinking about all the use cases. Um, they do this thing where they build out personas, thinking about the customer, and all of their, and then they think about all their use cases and whatnot. Um 
so there's a lot of abstract thinking that goes into the process of building out a feature, um, trying to make it tangible. So a, a PM to me almost sounds like a UX designer that just has more time to think rather than getting an illustrator and actually designing it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times the the lines can be blurred, but the the UX person and the PM person should be tied to the hip. There should, I, I, in an ideal world, there should always be like a one to one relationship. There should be one UX for every one PM, right? Um, and that way, because you guys do things that are very mutually beneficial. But the PM differs in that they will, they're very cross functional. Um, so typically they're the ones going out to like marketing and sales and, and talking to them or, or customer success as well. They'll be talking to them to kind of vet projects and, and they're the ones that like, if they need to get like executive buy-in PMs are the ones presenting to get that executive buy-in as well. Okay. So they represent the team. That's why I think of them as team captains because yeah, you don't have authority, but you still take almost all responsibility for the success and failure of your feature. Okay. So I've got a legitimate question here. Oh, Sometimes the other ones were? No, I mean, this is a <laughs> this is a question that I want answered for myself because I'm not even sure what to do in my real job. Oh. Okay, go so, ahead. So oftentimes I'm working on building out a new feature, right? Mm-hmm. I've got... I've got some design mockups. I've got a written spec of what it should do and I'm building it. And then I have a question, you know, it's something I didn't think of before. I don't know if the designer or the PM thought of it. Who should I ask the PM or the designer? Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I ask both. Sometimes I ask one or the other. Well, it depends on what it is. Uh, I think if it's a design question, then yeah, you should be going to the UX person. If it's, if it's a vision question, like, how does this fit in the overall scheme of things? Then you should go to the to the UX person and the PM. Um, really, you can go to either or. Most likely, the PM will, will say, "Oh, go talk to the designer." <laughs> or the designer might say, "Ask the PM." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so either one should be like the relationship between an engineer and their PM or UX person should be so stinking open door. Because again, you don't as a PM, you don't have any authority over these people. You have relationships, and if you can't build up your relationships with these people, then you're not doing your job well. Yeah, that's that's totally how it feels with my PM. It just feels like he's a equal coworker and not my boss. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a really good way of uh, treating it. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. And I think I'm out of questions. So, all right. Well, this is good. Yeah, let me take off my sweater and my shoes and go back to because uh, this is I'm like Mr. Rogers for the development world, you know, just encouraging my little peeps to go out there and take on the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 come in, you take off one jacket, put on your other jacket, take yep. off your shoes, put on your other shoes. Yep, that's my uh, right. let's let's get serious and let's talk about development. And then my when I put on the other one. It means let's go out and let's let's go get some stuff done, you know. And then when I'm in my jammies, it means hey, I'm just I'm just hanging out, just you know, chilling. Yeah. Well, but, thank thanks for coming back on the show again. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs>